Hi, and welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. Today on the podcast, it's just a solo show. We're doing something a little different. It's just going to be me and my co-host, Allah Khaled, and we're going to talk a little bit about how I got into this crazy business. So if you don't know this insane story, just wait. The worst moments of our life. Hey, girl. Hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of like worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition ever. How bad can it be? <laughs> we feel the pain is best or funny. Oh, it's a blast. So let's go into a little bit about uh, how we know each other. Yeah. Um, Allah and I met when we were 15. Well, you were. I was 15. He was 27. I was not 27. (laughs) Chill out. (laughs) We met at Diane Hill Harden's Young Actor Space. Space. We were in class together. Van Nuys. Van Nuys, California. I moved up from the teen class (laughs) early, and I was in class with a lot of uh, older people. I was getting still dropped off by my mom. They were coming in, they had already been to college and were smoking in like the back parking lot. And I was literally getting dropped off in the front and like telling my mom to scurry away because I was embarrassed. But we had a lot of people come through that acting class. Oh yeah, the celebrity, child celebrities, child actors, they came to the Van Eyes. It was, Molly Ringwald went through, she wasn't in our class, but. but Molly Ringwald, um, Shannon Doherty went there. Leo, in our class, we had Heather Tom, Nicole Tom, David Tom. David Tom, all the Tom Toms. It was a Tom Tom terrific. <laughs> Lindsay Price. Lindsay Price. Um, Michael Pena, remember him? Oh my God, you're he right. He was in class with us. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, it What's his a- name um, from uh, Castle? Oh, John Huertas. John Huertas. I brought him to that class. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of... Um, a lot of people in that class. It was crazy. But anyway, we met then. And, uh, you know, I remember a lot telling me when I was probably. What's your name from 17. the 70s show? Oh, yeah. Laura. Laura. Yeah. Prepon. Prepon? Prepon. I don't know. She was a Jersey girl. <laughs> she was great. Um, and Danny Masterson. Danny Masterson. Chris Masterson. Chris Masterson. Yeah. God, there's a lot of people. Uh, anyway, I remember, um, meeting you and the first thing you said to me was, Hey, listen guys, look, I'm not going to be friends with any of you because my friend basket is full. That's correct. That's a good opening line for those of you who don't. So rude. It's just, it makes people want to be your friend. Obviously it worked. I, I was like, Oh, then you don't need my friendship. Then forget it. The first thing I remember with you was when we had song night and you did son of a preacher man. Yeah, we had to sing songs in our acting class, and it wasn't about like how well you sang. It was more about like trying to emote through song. So, and it was like people either loved it or hated it because they either hated that. It was the, way they the night where people were missing on purpose. It was the worst. <laughs> I night. loved it. I thought it was so fun. Whatever. It was never. It was the. It's the toughest night in class because a you have to sing, which is like. You're at your most vulnerable when you're trying to sing in front of an audience, especially if you're not a singer. Now, I happen to have some pipes, so that's not the issue. Right. But when you, like, sort of emote the the lyrics and tell a story with the lyrics, even though it has – you could be doing a, a very upbeat song, but what you're portraying could be totally negative and just break down in tears. I mean, you would see uh, actors just not even make it through songs and just – literally have an emotional breakdown yeah 
I mean, I think that's what she was trying to get out oh, of Oh, she us. got it. Yeah. She got it out of a lot of us. Um, but then we went, then after acting class sort of, I guess it was at the tail end, I took a trip to Europe. Oh, right. Uh, with Allison Mack, who at the time was on a show called Smallville, or was about to start it anyway. Anyway, we decided to go. She's going to be my, my like wing woman through Europe. We're going like the hostel route. I had like a Let's Go Europe book. It was a hot mess, mostly because... I then realized she had never been out of the country before and had no idea what she was doing. So I was basically now in charge of her and having to like find all the hotels and figure out where we were going. And, you know, it was a lot. She was in a long distance relationship with some guy. She kept like using the satellite phone to call him across the world. I mean, it was just insane. Um, It was like I was basically like on a some kind of a backpacking trip with my younger sister who was like love sick, homesick for her boyfriend. Imagine that. It was, it was, it was not a good time. But then we met up with Allah and some of his friends in Paris. Yeah, because I was going to a wedding in Toulouse, south of France. So my friends from Florida, Kelly and Adam, um, we're, it's a high school friend that the wedding we were going to. Uh, she was marrying a paparazzi who was French. And, uh, Normal. Uh, she's actually very interesting. Uh, now she runs the paparazzi agency. Uh, she was a Reuters reporter, by the way. Oh, was she? Yeah, they met. Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. They met covering the Frank Sinatra funeral. He was covering it for like. Um, that is the greatest no, no, no. thing. He was covering it for the Inquirer, and she was covering it for Reuters. Oh, my God. And they met, and he asked her out, cut to, they're getting married in France. So now I'm flying to, so we decided, me, Kelly, and Adam, who are meeting me from Florida in Paris, that we're going to stay a couple days in Paris, like four days in Paris, and then go on to south of France and um, go to the wedding. Right. So I asked Brandy and her, at the time, paparazzi fiancé, Regis, (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, he's from France, what hotel and where to stay? He's like, this location's the best. It's called La Louisiane. And the price was right, and me, Kelly, and Adam were going to share a room. And then I got a room there with Allison. Right. So, go ahead. And then we decided to just gallivant around the city. Allison ended up going home at some point, I think. Well, Nicole in, Tom was with us, yeah, too. Yeah, Nicole ended up coming in. That was a whole whirlwind of... Well, they... Tears, drinking, more tears. Is this, is this before Nicole? Yeah. Well, you're going to hear that story at some point with Nicole. Yeah. Um, but I'd like... We were going on the Metro. And the thing about the Metro in Paris, it's it runs very similar to, like, New York. In that it's, <laughs> even if you don't understand French, you can get around really easily there. And it's... I mean, it's amazing. The public transportation is so good. The thing that is not like New York is if you are on a train with all of your friends and they suddenly realize this is the stop they want and everybody just rushes out of the train and you're the last one out, like I was, and the doors close on you, they don't spring open. Well, let's cut. Okay, you're getting the story a little wrong. What, what, do, you, what do you We mean? were getting on the train, not getting off the train. I don't think so. I think we were getting off the train. Because then I had to like, didn't I have to like stay on it? And go another stop? I felt like we were on the train and left you behind. Oh, maybe that was it. <laughs> and yeah. then you, and then we- I, it literally closed on my shoulders. Like I had, I had b- physical bruises. It was like I, and I was reading 
Owen Meany at the time, and I just felt like this little tiny, you know, literary figure who was li- like the the doors closed on me, my feet were lifted up, everybody on the train just looked at me like, oh my god, this crazy American girl. I had to. I somehow wrestled myself out of the doors, and yeah, you guys took off. I By guess. the way, if you don't know Christine, she's tiny. I'm only five one. I'm a yeah, wee person, and that thing like like it was gonna stay closed. Oh like, yeah, because she weighs nothing, so it probably didn't feel her. The door probably didn't even feel her. It was not. It was so embarrassing. Well, it was also scary because I thought for sure you were dead. Like I didn't know how to. I didn't, I didn't know I didn't, if like the train was gonna start. I didn't have emergency contacts for you. No. <laughs> I didn't. His friend basket was full. And my, um, my friend basket was full. <laughs> so embarrassing. But do you remember that crazy club we went to? Did you go that night with Vincent? With Vincent? With Vis- Vincent? It's not Vincent. Everyone's called it. His name Vincent. is Vincent. Uh, yes, I was there. It was the one that was underground. Underground. Had the mirrors everywhere. They had this uh, emptied pool, like an indoor pool. And they had like cocktail tables down. Like you had to climb down a ladder, and they had like cocktail. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. They had this gigantic net that you could climb up from the dance floor. <laughs> it was the weirdest place I've ever been to. It was crazy, but we got bottle service and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. we were with Vincent. Vincent, who's this like socialite in Paris? He's a, I don't know how because it's, everyone's so politically correct now. So I don't know what to say. At the time, he was a crossdresser. Right. Right, because he, he had a beard and stuff. He had a beard, but he he wore heels and dresses and, 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 and women's clothes and women's clothes. Yeah. And, yeah, he was a total character, such an interesting person. Right, a lot of Louis Vuitton. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about your? Um, do you want to talk about your barber story? No, because this interview is about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I want to ask you some questions. Fine. Great. You came out here at what age to Los Angeles? I came out here for the first time. I had just turned 12. It was my spring break. Okay. So it was like March. Okay. And you started working like that week? No. So I came out to LA when I was 12 uh, with my mother. Um, She and I came on my spring break because I had all these friends back in Georgia who were doing like an LA trip with my theater company in Georgia. And I had done like commercials and stuff. I'd been working as a professional in Atlanta for since I was eight years old. Well, see, that's funny. I wouldn't call it. You call being a professional in Atlanta professional. <laughs> I mean, meaning that I wasn't doing like like just community theater. I was working doing national commercials and like, like TV national movie. or yes, local. National. Like what? Both. Like I what? did um, Johnson and Johnson. Oh. Did two Johnson and Johnson ads. Okay. I did um, a lot of regional stuff, of course. Um, I did like a lot of print stuff for like you know Uptons and Sears and that kind of stuff, and then I did a TV movie with Christopher Reeve and Madeline Smith Osborne that filmed in Atlanta for TNT. You had a role in it. Yeah, I played um, Madeline Osborne's daughter. It was a Civil War piece. Um, it was about Alan Pinkerton and the con- like. The con- he was a Confederate spy. And how old were you when you did that? Mm, Ten. Oh, potty trained and everything. Mm-hmm. But it was cool. We actually filmed in Macon and Savannah, and like it was all it was all period, obviously. So I'm wearing petticoats, and we're actually filming in these old mansions that had these. They were like historical landmarks, and so most of them were museums. But they opened them up to the filming. And this one in particular in Macon, I remember, had hidden doors where they used to hide the Confederate money. 
like behind like these vases, right? And the whole thing would just open up and there would just be stacks of like like rows of shelving where I guess they used to hide gold and all of this stuff. It was crazy. So you did work. I did. Yeah. Okay. I thought you came out here lucky, luck of the draw, got a pilot. Well, that happened as well. Yeah. But I mean, I. But you you had experience. I had experience. Yeah. I've been, and I've been doing like, I'd been in this theater company. We were down south. Okay. Did the the kids in the theater company hate you? Well, I mean, here's the funny thing. So when I was quote unquote discovered, okay. We're down in Callaway Gardens, which is in South Georgia. And I would go there every summer and we would do whatever show that we had been doing all year. We would travel at schools and I would do a, a live performance for a school maybe once a month. Um, we had two casts, so we would rotate. The shows were musical theater. Uh, they were original shows, but they were they always had like messages about, you know. Right. It wasn't up with people by any means, but it was like messages for like, you know, school, grade school kids. It's to help get grants and stuff. So that, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, we would, we would do these things. And then in the summertime, there was an amphitheater at Callaway Gardens. And we, every two weeks, we would switch on and off cast and we would go down there, do the show for the kids there. But we would get to go early and we would get to do all the stuff for free. So it was super fun. They had like a little train. They had like a lake. It was like a man-made lake. They had golf. They had bicycles. I mean, it was like summer camp for us. Right. And then we would like perform a show and then we would drive home. So we're doing our show in Atlanta. It rains all the time. And there's never really, it's south. So it's kind of Florida-ish. There's never really like any um, warning that it's going to rain. You would just be on a concrete stage amphitheater with microphones. Say that, that again. Were, amphitheater. Am I saying that wrong? I feel like it's wrong, Stephen. Amphitheater? It's not amphitheater. Am- what it's is it? Amphitheater. Amphitheater? Amphitheater. Amphitheater? I mean, look it up, Steve, because it's going to drive Am me I crazy. Wrong? No, I, mean, I think, I think Ampl- a lot of us got this one. Amphitheater? Amphitheater. It's amphitheater. Amphitheater. Not, but maybe there's a regional pronunciation. I don't know, but she keeps saying amphitheater, and it's driving me <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> I want to know. saying it wrong my whole life. I want to know that it's like amphitheater. A, like Malk, you know? like how It's that's, not amphitheater. I mean, it's No, like, you're probably right. It's probably amphitheater. Amphit. Oh, Stephen, you should hear how she says template. <laughs> template template makes Ooh. me nuts that's very british of you it's uh, can we just get a, t- a template anyways back to the amphitheater amphitheater <laughs> it would be uh complete um concrete you would have microphones like we're talking into into right now wires running and all of a sudden you would be in the middle of a show and you would hear thunder and we'd all be like fuck because the the percentage of us getting electrocuted in the matter of like the next five minutes was really large. <laughs> this happened nearly every show. Anyway, this particular show, what did you find out, Stephen? Oh, I was just going to say that sounds terrifying. It's terrifying. It was. And your parents let you. Oh my God, my parents were in the audience with like a video camera, like more mechanical equipment. But you have to understand that because you, you grew up on the West Coast, right, Stephen? Yes. See, in the South, we're like at three o'clock in the afternoon. We know it's going to thunder and lightning. There might be a thunder and lightning, like, and it might go like, on for 45 minutes, yeah. and then it'll break, and the sky will be blue again. Yeah, it's wow. just, it's, it's a day, in the it's summer, like, it's a daily thing. It's like you're living in, like, some kind of a, a rainforest at times. Oh, my God. 
And it, it rains. So it's, it rains for them, hard. it's normal. And the parents are like, just bring an umbrella and wear uh, rubber. Oh, and people would just put up umbrellas and they'd still sit in the audience and yeah. let us perform. And it wasn't until you'd hear like the crack that people would be like, oh, okay, we're going to stop the show. Okay, we're going to stop just the show. Just for a few minutes until it <laughs> passes through and then we'll get back on. As just like steam is ri- rising everywhere. from the hot yeah. concrete mm-hmm. because of the rain. I was almost electrocuted so many times as a child. It's fine. Go ahead. Oh my God. So at this particular show, we knew it was going to rain. It was like, it had already started like, a, a, you know, an hour ahead of time and it wasn't letting up. So sometimes they would let us perform in, they had like a 50s diner there and where you could get milkshakes and stuff. And they had like a, a rec room kind of off the 50s diner. Where they would show movies to kids every now and then. So sometimes they would let us perform there. So we decided to move into there. Now there was a rumor that Kirk Cameron, who at this point was on Growing Pains, might be coming to the show. So everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, Kirk Cameron. Me of all, because I was like, I I loved him. I mean, Mitch, wasn't it Mitch? I don't know. You've been wrong all day. So oh my I have God, no, I, I have no, been. I can't, I can't trust anything Mike, you said. Mike Seaver, Mike Thank Seaver. Thank you, thank oh, you. Mitch. Who the hell is Mitch? <laughs> Mike Seaver might be coming and it, everyone was like, oh my gosh. There was a girl, Ash, I think her name was, um, I think her name was Amy. It was Amy. And she was definitely, I mean, very talented. She was definitely always red faced. <laughs> she was so excited that there might be celebrities coming to the show that she's just running back and forth backstage, just like freaking out. Okay. And I'm just kind of like, listen, Amy, you've got to calm down. <laughs> like, we have to still, we have to perform. Like, the show must go on. It doesn't matter if they come or doesn't come. Like, it's just going to happen. She's peeking out of the curtain and being like an insane person. Anyway, we do the show. There was this number at the end of the show. It was called Be a Clown. I hated performing it. But for some reason, like, someone else couldn't do it that night. And they made me do it. And at the end of it, it's like, be a clown, be a clown. And I had to do all these weird, like, clowning tricks during the song. And it's a solo song. And it's just so much egg on your face. Like, you, it, it could either, it goes Is one way or the other. Is there a video of this? There might be. I got to try to find it. Yeah. It, it goes one way or the other, usually. Um, and at the very end, there's a pie tin with shaving cream, and I have to do a pie in the face to myself. I just hated performing it. It was annoying and stupid. And anyway, I went out there. It was the end of the show. I did it. I put the, fi- the pie in the face. Like, then I have to go backstage, wipe my face off quickly, come back. I'm like, I'm like 10, maybe 11, 11 at this point. Come back. We all bow, and it's over. So... Kirk was in the audience. He had some kids there that he was working with. It was some kind of a, he was there with a, a charity. Christian retreat or something. It was, I think, like a Make-A-Wish Foundation. Okay. But apparently his mom was also in the audience. She's an agent. She was becoming an agent. And she, and like a lot of the parents kind of knew that. And I guess like she ended up taking off, but her assistant stayed back. And I come out after like dragging my bag of costumes and my shaving cream face. Cause you know, as a kid I was doing theater, but like, I certainly, this is the way I grew up. No one was cleaning my shit up for me. I was like hanging up my costumes. I was putting my caboodles back together with my like blue eyeshadow and my rouge or whatever I had. I'm putting everything in a box and I'm dragging it out front. This is like the way I grew up. Um, so it was like sports, but it was like team sports in a theater with, you know, rouge and like shaving cream. And I see my mom talking to this woman. And now I'm like, who the hell is my mom talking to? And I see like Amy. She's just still like, did he leave? Did he leave? And she's like walking around and like freaking out. And she's like, I don't understand. Like, did, did he like us? Did he like me? And I was like, Amy, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure they love the show. It was great. Like, we got to go home. 
I'm like dragging my stuff through. And I remember like all the other mothers are starting to kind of like hen house around because they realize that this woman who's talking to my mom is affiliated with like, and she's the only mom my mom's that's being talked to. So it started to be like this kind of, I remember it being very, I felt very awkward. They're gathering around your mother and the, the woman? No, the other mothers were kind of hen housing like in the, on the other side of the. I, I'm, forgive me, I'm Middle Eastern, first generation American. I don't know what hen housing means. Hen housing? Yep. Hen housing is like when people are like, you know how hens do in a hen house. They, they cluck around each other and they sort of like chatter about about what's happening. Or like gossiping. Gossiping is what it is. Chickens gossip. Well, or hens, whatever. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay, sorry. I'm just trying to picture them. I'm trying to picture it. So when yeah. you said hen housing. I mean, this is, it, it, memory is all a little foggy because it feels a very long time right. ago. But, um, and then I, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was sort of. It was so like, she's talking to your mom. Yeah. Uh, things are going down. Where are you? Like, in the middle of the room with my stupid bag and, you know, my caboodles and my box of junk. And then eventually my mom was like, Christine, Christine, like brings me over and she introduces me to this Mm -hmm. woman and she was the assistant and then she says, oh, you were so good in the show and well, I'm going to keep in touch with your mom and we might be opening an agency and if you're ever in LA, we'd love to see you. And, you know, then they, I kind of like say hello and goodbye and they leave and then it just became about, so what were they talking to you about? So who was that? Well, did they want all the kids' numbers? Well, did they want all the kids' headshots? Well, and it just became, my mom was like, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. So it was just one of those kind of like awkward conversations. So did your mom follow up? Yeah. So my mom ends up following up and she's, um, you know, it, it, it all seemed very strange. Like, we're not coming to L.A. We're not moving to L.A. We're not doing the Oakwood, like staying at the Oakwood and coming out for pilot season. Like, that just wasn't in my parents' DNA. Um, for those of you who don't know what the Oakwood is, it's a, it's a um, corporate housing, corporate housing where all the kids stay. Usually for the entertainment business, it's where they Warner Brothers will put them. They'll up. They'll put up actors, or, but yeah. they, a lot of kids will stay there for pilot season. Yeah, they're apart two or three months. Is this still here? Yeah, yeah. It's actually called. Well, there's one I think that's still in um, called Oakwood down in uh, the marina, but they're the one at, by Univers. I'm sorry, by Warner Brothers. It's called something else now. I think it's I think Avalon bought it, but anyway, the one on Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a different, but I think it's still like a corporate housing. I think they had a few murders there too. Oh, oh it was Sketchball. Yeah. Well, no, we actually stayed there. I'll get yeah, to no, that. No, I've in stayed a there too when I first came. Yeah, yeah, we were robbed there. Oh yeah, it's talk yeah. about worst ever. Well, th- yeah, think about. Let's. I mean, picture it. Yeah, you have every all these families that transient are coming people. in. Yeah, just transit. It's like they're coming in. They don't know any better, and it's like the perfect place to like get robbed, mugged. Um, Shot, shot, held up, you know, whatever. Because it's it's like a you're like it's like it's going like, to Times Square in the nineties. Yeah, it's you like, know what I mean. You're, <laughs> it's you're like concentrating all this bait, yeah. bait essentially. Yeah. Right, right, totally. But with people's, you know, and it's all like petty theft. It's like cash, laptops, cameras, like whatever. They basically stole yeah. from us, like jewelry, like cameras, a carjacking here and there, yeah. rental. You know, I mean, anyway, um, my mom keeps in touch with this woman. The, the next year, everybody from my theater company was coming out to L.A. together, and I couldn't go because I went to a different school, so my spring break didn't line up. But my mother said that she would take me. So we come out the following year, um, just the two of us, and um, my mom had actually been really sick the year before. Um, she had a brain aneurysm. We'll get to that. And 
So she, I think, also felt like, you know, life is short and I want to take this trip with my daughter and so we're going to do it. So we came out, we went to like, you know, Universal Studios in Malibu and we went to a bunch of museums. My mom was so big on museums. Um, and then I did like a couple of auditions. I met the agent. They decided they kind of wanted to try to represent me. We didn't know how that was going to work. But they needed me to do something like they needed me to make a demo tape, basically of me doing a monologue or something that they could show producers. So because this woman had ties with different, you know, her, her son had been on Growing Pains and her daughter at this time was on Full House, um, she said, I think I can pull some strings and have you come and we can tape you doing this monologue on the set, but it'll look good because it'll be like good lighting and a good camera and like I've worked it out, you can come do that. And I got to go to the set of Full House, which was like, now, now all of my dreams are coming true. I went to a taping of Growing Pains and then I got to go to the set of Full House and I got to meet everyone. And it, I have pictures from like being, a, you know, I was now at this point 12 years old and I'm meeting all these people and like, that's, that's where so I met funny. Jody for the first time. I have a right. picture of it. It's yeah, hilarious. We need to see that. It's on my Instagram. Um, I don't follow you. Re- <laughs> yeah, of course you don't. Friend Basket is still full. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that was all exciting. And then, you know, we sit down to do the monologue and I do this monologue from the movie, um, Irreconcilable Differences, which Drew Barrymore in it, her character divorces her parents. And it's this really like, she's on the stand and she's telling the judge why she wants to divorce her parents. And it's this very like emotional monologue and I'm crying and whatever. So we do it a couple of times. Um, and I remember like the makeup person from Full House, they were like powdering me or whatever. He's like, mm, so coming out here trying to be a star. Oh, that's nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember him just being so like rude. And I was kind of like, I'm not trying to be anything. I'm just I'm here with my like just here with my mom. Like we're writing the trip off. This is a tax. This is like a tax. You're like, no, you're being an actor. You're like, I'm not going to try. I'm being. I'm being a star, sir. I'm just being. I'm going to sit on this gingham couch that I watched growing up, and I'm just going to do this monologue and cry my eyes out. Anyway, point being, we had a great trip. It was super fun. Went home, and two weeks later, um, I got the audition for Step by Step. And... uh it was one of these weird things. They had, you know, they had cast somebody that didn't work out and they were looking for some, another kid for the role. And of course, as things happen in Hollywood, I feel like everything is a matter of like luck and preparation. Um, the, the producer who produced Full House also produced Step by Step. And the day I did that monologue was in the control booth and saw me and said, what's going on with that child and why is she crying? And they said, oh, she's, this is, we're doing a favor. She's filming a demo tape. It's something for, you know, for this woman and um he was like oh okay two weeks later he's like where's that kid where was that kid who was crying somebody find me that tape that's crazy yeah that's crazy so you, so that was gets, like your schwabs that's my schwabs it's my that's my schwabs so he uh he gets the tape they see it they saw like i had like a funny monologue on there too that was like i think we like filmed it in a basement like <laughs> literally like i was like a like child slave. Do you have that? Just you acting. have that? You have that tape? Yeah, I think I do. I'll find it. I think my dad I'm just gonna... is actually converting everything to DVD because it was on beta. No, like... but you can now get it on. You can get it now on like a hard drive. Yeah, I know. We're believe me, we're getting it. We're getting it like through. a thumb drive. He's putting it all in a Dropbox called Nostalgia. <laughs> oh my god, we anyway. should have interviewed your parents. I know. So I'll post that whenever I find it. But anyway, so they're like, hey, they want to see you. I come home from school. My parents are like, so 
they want to see you in this, you know, for the show in L.A. And um, the audition's tomorrow. Wait, were they, see, because this is how I picture it. This is what I okay. re, this is what I really hear from your mom and dad. Okay, and and if you're from the south, you're gonna get this. I could hear your mom going. So they called us and they want to see you for this skit. For this skit. <laughs> Everything because everyone calls it a skit. <laughs> no, she was savvier at that point because you know uh, I had sure. been the, doing things. What and okay, <laughs> that's right. You're a professional. I forgot, not just regional. But this, but me, they were like, yeah. So you know, if you, they really want to see you for this role. They loved your um, skit. They loved your skit. <laughs> they, but we'd have to fly out tonight on the red eye because the audition was tomorrow, the next day. And I looked at my dad and I went, well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Who's flying across the country for an audition? This is crazy. And how old were you? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You had the, the force in your mind to be like, why would anyone do that? Well, you have totally. to also understand that Christine is also a control freak. I'm not a control freak. Yeah. So. Okay, d- don't give me... My husband is now making eyes. Yeah. I don't so appreciate that. So I can totally all. see her. I mean, she ran the ruse. I didn't, but I actually... Uh, this is what I was thinking. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to get a last-minute ticket to fly across the country for something that may or may not be a guarantee. And that's not my call. You know what I mean? I didn't want... I didn't want it to be like... I felt bad about that, A, and B... I had already said I would watch my friend's dog, and I had a lot of responsibilities. Were, they, were you going to test or just do a callback? Well, that's the thing. Like, I didn't, nobody knew. It was, they were down to you the were wire. Testing, I'll the... put it this way. I believe it was a Wednesday. We would have had to fly out. I think the audition was a Thursday. They were starting work on Monday. So it was essentially a test. But what is a network test now is so different than what a network test was back then. So they wouldn't have, because normally with a test, they'd fly you out. Right, well... I was from Atlanta, and no one was doing that. I wonder who the other person... Do you know who you tested against? I don't, but I remember that person was wearing... I remember a girl came in with a big floppy hat and like some kind of like um, uh, flowered dress. And I thought... I, I remember she was at the audition. Point being, my father then finally said, Hey, listen, if you don't want to do this, of course not. Like, no reason. Absolutely. If you want to do this... Please don't worry about it. Like, we've got frequent flyer miles. I will watch the dog. <laughs> we are Delta Sky Miles members. I was an only child, and my dad traveled so much that, you know, right. we were to a Plus, point where he in was the like, back of your head, you know, and don't even lie about it, you're thinking about Amy, and you can't wait to tell this story <laughs> to Amy. Poor Amy. She was still probably red in the face. around, red in the face, wondering when they were, she was going to get her call. Poor Amy. Um... <laughs> Uh, so I was like, oh, I mean, if you're sure, and he was like, I was like, but there's dissection of frogs happening on Friday. I was also really, con- I was really excited about dissecting the frog. Oh my God. And he was like, I'm pretty sure we can like rearrange what? First the of all, you dissected frogs In at 12? If- no, fifth grade, fifth grade. I didn't, I didn't get to do that till my sophomore year of high school. It was a very progressive middle school. Really? <laughs> Yeah, we were dissecting. I think it was one frog. We weren't doing it. We were watching it. Being oh, because we did a frog and a pig. Ugh. I know. Like we had to do pig. it again in high school. Ugh. The whole thing grosses me out. Can't Ugh. even handle it. Well, try being a Muslim. We don't eat pork. <laughs> Ew. So dissecting one is even worse? I think so. I don't think I could touch it. 
I don't know. I don't know why I was excited about it back then. The whole thing. Okay. Anyways, back to Amy. I mean, back to so. Okay. So you end up booking it. We know. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, we yeah. know. We know what happens. Obviously. Right. I go out there uh, the next the next day. I, get I back to Atlanta scene. for a second. Okay. You got to tell your friends from the theater company. Right. Well, I was, you know, I never left L.A. So I went to L.A. I tested. And you They stayed. told me the next day, you got it, and you start work Monday. And all of a sudden, we had, I had two changes of clothes, and I was staying for two weeks. We had to go to the mall. To and shoot like, the pilot. Yeah. We had to go to the mall and, like, buy clothes. Um, pennies. No, I think we went to Nordstrom, thank you very much, and my mother let me buy a pair of guest jeans. That was my treat, because I booked a pilot. I got guest jeans. <laughs> okay, but still, you have to tell the theater company. Yeah, well, the theater company found out. Okay, so now when travels, are Travels, my friend. Yeah. Hen housing, hen housing. Hen housing. When are they making their first trip to the set of Step by Step? And <laughs> Well, at that point, you know, it was just a pilot, and like, right. you know, I, after two weeks, I came back. No, look, everyone was very, like, congratulatory. They, there really wasn't, maybe behind my back they weren't, but nobody was ever like, I can't believe you got that. Um, I mean, you know, it's one of those weird things. It's like... Why me? I don't know. I don't know. I was doing a, a, a number I never thought I was good at doing and one I didn't particularly like doing. And for some reason, somebody saw me and said, she's interesting. Let Why? Me ask, let me ask you this. For, so now that you have a daughter. But whoever used to do that number, I'm sure was kicking themselves. <laughs> whoever couldn't be there that well, day. we got to find that out. But now, will you, get, will you recycle that number for your daughter? Oh, be a clown? Yeah. Um, I, I, no, I would, I would love to never do that ever again. I'd love to leave be a clown in, in the past. Okay. I mean, I would do it. Great. She'd probably love to see you do it. I'd love to be your daughter's momager. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that kid will work. Um, all right. So you did Step by Step. It lasted how many seasons? Uh, seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. Is it still in reruns? You know, it's weird. It was for a long time on like Nick at Night and then uh, ABC Family, and then, um, and then it like it went off and it's never really resurfaced. And I have I happen to think it has something to do with the fact that we were a Lorimar show. Lorimar was a production company uh-huh. back in the eighties and nineties that does not exist anymore. And I think that there, I think that. There's like no one to make a deal with or something. That's impossible. I'm sure they were bought out by someone or just sort of like went into another. But it's also Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers is notorious for not wanting to show any of their. They keep everything in a warehouse and they don't usually. It's very hard for them to make. So you pretty much grew up on that set. Yeah. Your first period. I mean, your period Uh when you first got. Was it during that time? Obviously. Yeah. It was here in L.A. Were you. I was 15. Thank you. Were you working? Um, I was, yeah. So tell me that story. My period story? Yeah, I want to know. Oh, God. <laughs> it wasn't really that dramatic. I mean... Oh, come on. It, I, everyone else I knew had already gotten theirs, and you know, here I am. And you I knew am. it was coming. Well, eventually, we, I, we all hoped. But here's the other problem. Like, I was so little. I was always, like, the shortest one in the class. I was a string bean from the time I was, you know, eight years old till I was f- almost 15, um, and at one point, like my, I think one of my doctors thought that there was like something wrong with me. So they sent me to like, um, a hormone doctor to make sure that like things were still happening because I was so underdeveloped and they made me do all these blood tests and all these things. And then eventually like, Oh no, actually she's fine. She's just Which really is small. probably in the eyes of the producers. 
Like it was great, great for them. Th- it was great. Because I was not- my child. For, yeah. It was always good for me. When I worked when I was eight or nine, I looked like I was five. Right. So I could take direction, but I looked really young. So that was, I guess, why, you know, why it worked out so well when I was young. But um, when we first got to L.A., like I said, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, the show got picked up. When we did the pilot, they put us up in a really fancy hotel. Um, that was really nice. But then when the show got picked up, it was like, okay, so you're coming to work, and it's in July. And my mom was like, what the hell do we do now? We weren't going to come out here and bring all of our stuff. Now, so we I'm sorry. I'm going to stop you for a second. What? So did... Kirk Cameron's was she your agent at that she point? She ended up becoming my manager. She ended up becoming a manager. So she she was who ended up doing the deal. Yeah, yep. Which is and great because she knew Atlanta. exactly. And then I eventually got one out in L.A. Yeah, because you could have got screwed. Well, yeah, and I, you know, I the beginning like coming out here, being a child, and coming from another another city and never having any kind of television quote before it's very hard to I think it's hard to make a good deal in the beginning yeah but yeah. the fact that your it manager was barely, had I'll put it two children way. in the industry who were on successful television shows and knew exactly what they could be making or should be making to start out your deal would be probably perfect for you, you I should. don't think it was very helpful I'll put it that way because she didn't want you to... I don't know. I wasn't in on the deal-making process. Oh, my God. And nor I did like I know or care what I was making at that time. But I didn't... I'll put it this way. Given all the expenses of traveling back and forth, because my parents were very insistent that we travel home, and I think that was part of the deal that actually was good. Production paid for me to go home, and me and my mother, to travel once a month back to Atlanta and back. During for around, two three, round trip tickets once a month, so I could go back to my normal regular so high school. So during the the one week school. off, yeah. How, and how long, all of the um, I was twelve. How long was the? How long does a season did a season film for? July till yeah. February, but we didn't know at the time. I mean, when you think you might do six episodes, uh, and be I, I want to go back to the deal. You th- you think you got screwed? I don't. I, I mean. I don't know what the climate was like in 1991, to be honest. I don't, as a child, I don't know what, I'll just put it this way. Given all the expenses of where we ended up living, the Oakwood, having to rent a car, having to rent everything, including like dishes and sheets, it's not inexpensive to do that that stuff. So for like the first two years, I barely, we like broke even. And with that kind of deal, I'm just getting business for a second. Were you making residuals on... Reruns and stuff? Not right away, because there are no... No, I know, but like once it went to syndication. Yeah, once it went to syndication, yes. And after two years, you can renegotiate. Right. But it w- takes two years to get to that. Were you still with the same manager when you renegotiated? Mm-hmm. How was the renegotiation? I guess not. I was okay. Okay, I'm getting the picture. This is the worst deal ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to be safe face. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, look, I'll put it this way. Um, I was on a show for a really long time. It, it, you know, going into syndication and stuff, it was a, eventually it was working for that long, ended up being something that I was able to buy a house and I was able to put myself through college. And those are two things that are, are great 
to be right. able to do, you right, know, right, by the right, time right. you're 19 years so old. So it wasn't um, with the kids, I'm, I'm assuming with Suzanne Summer and Patrick Dempsey. And with Stacey. Stacey was definitely. And Stacey was a name, obviously. She was a name. Brandon Call was a bit of a name. Yeah. So it wasn't favorite nations with the kids. No. Uh-uh. Everyone had their own deal. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know what anyone else's deal was. No idea. Okay. She got screwed. That's what we're, we're getting at. Look, my parents, like, I, it's all relative. It's it all relative. It doesn't matter at this point. Right? No, and it's all relative. Because when you look at a paycheck and, like, when you're from Atlanta and, like, you're looking at this is how much you're going to make a week, it, it's in any other, got you know, it. industry, that's a very good living. Especially no, no. when you're I 12. Under, I understand that. You but know? a lot of people don't understand. But it's a totally different world in what we do because what you never know when your next job is going to be. It's not it's not even that. People that are outside of the business, all right, that don't understand the business or understand what it's like to be in the business as a kid, and I wasn't in the business as a kid, but I, you know, obviously I'm friends with other child right. actors, so I know, you know, it's they work long hours. Yep. They go to school on top of it. Yep. They are if they can push the kid to as far as they can, they will push it to get what they need because time is money and it's a business at right. the end of the day and you're hired. And so, and you're putting it in, in, in a world of just adults mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So compensation, obviously when, when, you know, I don't want people to think that, Oh, She's she should be happy that she got a job. Of course, you're happy you got the job and whatever. But it wasn't like you were spoiled rotten through the with the industry and the business. I wasn't at all. I mean, and in fact, think about this. Even though my mom didn't work at that time, um, my dad worked, and my mom was a you know she basically even in Atlanta before I got the job, she was basically like (laughs) would be the one shuttling me back and forth to auditions and dance class and all of that stuff. But it wasn't like this job was paying for her life. Do you know what I'm saying? My parents weren't like that. Well, they also gave up their lives. They gave, she gave up her life and, um, you know, the expenses of just being out here to do what I wanted to do was like that. It was, it was a huge commitment. Case in point, this place, the Oakwood, that we first started at, you know, where we were like renting everything. We were there for two weeks, too. Came home one afternoon. The deadbolt was like not working correctly. Took my mom a couple hours to realize that she's looking for this, looking for that. Can't find the stamps. Weirdest thing ever. Couldn't find stamps. I was like, where the heck are the stamps? She's asking me, I don't know. I don't know. I'm doing my homework. I'm watching TV, whatever. Realizes, she's like, Christine, go check your jewelry. I'm like, what? I go into my room. I open the drawer that had like trinkets, really. Crystal necklaces I got on Venice Beach. Everything was rifled through. Gone. Like they stole our video camera, stole our camera. My mom actually brought out some like nice jewelry. You know, just stuff that was like heirloom stuff of my grandmother's. Right. Stole all of it. Stole our stamps. They Why? Ever, they ever get it? No. Uh-uh. We had to file a police report. I mean, it was awful. It was awful. If you think about it, like, A, being robbed, if you've ever been robbed, it is, it's violating, it's um, it's sickening when you're a kid and I'm, like, looking at my mom and the police are there and she's filing this police report and, like, 
your deadbolt doesn't work and you think to yourself, you hear the policeman say like, okay, well, you know, a lot of times, you know, they, they try to strike twice in one night. And so you just need to be on high alert tonight. Oh God. Yeah. So my mom sleeps with me that night. Um, I sleep. She doesn't. We go to work the next day. My mom is like a wreck, like shaking, like it was awful. And I, I'm just, I feel terrible. And then, you know, she kind of tells some people what happened. And I have to say, I don't know if every set's like this. I don't know if all producers are like this, but this was my experience. Um, Everyone on that set rallied around the two of us. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened to you. We are getting you out of there right now. And my mom is like crying and they're like, we will take care of everything. They sent PAs over to the Oakwood. They wrapped up everything, got it out of there, put us up in a hotel and sent my mom with someone to help us find an apartment while I went, why I worked. And they found, we went to Park La Brea and like, it's like, if you don't know Park La Brea, it is like at the time, especially it was like, um, the yuppie projects. <laughs> no, I know Park La Brea. It's in a nice area, you yeah, know, yeah. but it was like five or six huge, uh, sky rises that have been there since like the forties or something, right. but it's all gated. And, um, and anyway, I mean, that's, that's what happened that they, they took amazing care of us, and like they they stole my Game Boy of all things. Oh, I and love I remember the, Game the next Boy. day, like seeing Patrick Duffy walk down the hallway towards his dressing room with a bag from a local like Best Buy, and I'm like, and I saw what was in it. It was a Game Boy, and I went, "Oh my god, you got a Game Boy? That's so cool!" I was like, "I, you know, I, I don't have one anymore, but but when I do, when I get one again, because it got stolen, but when I get one again, we should like link up and play Tetris. That would be super fun." And then I like went about my day and whatever. And like later that afternoon, he had wrapped, he bought it for me. He wrapped it and put it in my dressing room. Like that's just the kind of like, you know, kind of people right, they so were. So now come clean. You guys what? staged the robbery so all that would happen. Oh, yeah, we totally staged the robbery. <laughs> come on, completely. seriously. <laughs> that was it. But I mean, that was horrible. I mean, you were working in the professional world at that <laughs> very young. I'm sure you could have really faked it. I know you, Christine. I mean, we did get two more weeks at the Century Plaza Hotel. <laughs> I loved that pool. And they put chocolates on your pillow every All night. All right, so let's cut to now you're out of Step by Step. How yeah. old are you? 19. Wow. Yeah, odd, in, tough age to be starting all over again in some ways. Now, you were dating during Step by Step? Um, yes, a little bit. Uh, I mean, I dated a guy in my high school. Don't look at me like that, Brandon. No, this is where we're going to hear the whole, <laughs> you're going to hear, you're going to hear about the first time she had sex. No. Yeah, we are. <laughs> no. It's uh, with my husband on our wedding date. You're dating. Who? I dated a guy in Atlanta for like, you know, on and off for like a year when I was like a junior in high school. And then I dated, um. I went on a couple dates. We talked about. I went on a couple dates with Andrew Keen. I went on a d- couple dates with this other actor, um, friend of mine, uh, who I met, in, I think through like acting class friends. I mean, it was all like innocent, like fourteen, fifteen. We're going to movies. We're like, hey, you want to like make out? Like, and then uh, and then uh, when I was seventeen, there was a guest star on Step by Step, right? Um, who came on? His name was Jeff Jude, and he came on to play. I guess um. Sasha Mitchell was having some legal troubles. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk to. Uh, yeah. So he had to go to jail for a while. Um, uh, so. Oh, you didn't know that, Stephen? You don't remember that whole scandal? 
the, when what year was this? This is probably like ninety five. Yeah, he was like the breakout star on the show. He was like he was like what Urkel turned out to be like on Family Matters. Yeah, like Urkel wasn't. He was a guest star pretty yep. much. Same thing with Sasha. He was right. just like a recurring guest star. Yep, and he w- turned out to be the breakout star. It was like a you know I think because women loved him and guys thought he was funny. It was like that perfect kismet. Yeah. Um. Well, I think I was seven when. All right, slow down. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So anyways, so with that, in young Hollywood, you either go the straight and narrow and take care of yourself, and or you don't. Well, you know, yeah. I think he was in a rough relationship at the time. I think there might have been some some drug usage, and uh, anyway, he wound up in jail. So that was tough for him. I love a where are they now? Um. He actually is, seems like he's doing quite well now. Great. He's got all custody of his four children. And, oh, great. You know, he's been, I think, back in the martial arts and teaching and doing what I think he loves. So that's good. Anyway, um, so uh, where was I? So you were dating. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, this guy comes on, Jeff Juday. He comes on to play f- the Flash or Flash. It's Guy Flash. I think they thought we need another, like, weird, quirky character. Yeah, because so, he was going to recur, um, and I see, you know, we meet, of course, table read, and I'm off, like, to school still, so um, he was, like, 22 at the time, and I start thinking, like, oh, my God, this guy's, like, really funny. He's kind of cute, um, and we just, like, like say hi in passing and that kind of stuff. We end up going to Florida to shoot uh, two episodes in Florida at Disney World, and um, he and I are like starting to pal around together. We're having a great time. Meanwhile, my boyfriend back in Atlanta, like can't be bothered to pick up the phone. So I'm like annoyed at him. I'm like, you're done. Like, mm, forget it. Uh, I'm not having like the greatest time with Jeff. We're like going on water slides and like, you know, um, like riding all the rides. And so the one night we go to the downtown Disney, I pleasure Island, pleasure Island, Downtown Disney. I love you Island. call it Downtown Disney. I don't know. There was. I thought there was like a downtown. There park. is a Downtown Disney, but at the time it was Pleasure Island. Okay, the Pleasure Island doesn't even I'm exist from, anymore. I went to high school in Orlando, but go ahead. All right, we. I like you know procure some kind of beers because I was just. Where'd you go? What, what club? To be what club? Mannequins. Mannequins. The rotating, Mannequins, dance, rotating floor. dance floor. We end up uh, kissing on the dance floor, and then um, so begins this like little love affair that. I had with Jeff. It was to the point where it was two weeks, right? What base? Um. <laughs> what base? Third. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, listen. It, it, look. I, it, what do you want me to say? I don't know. It all. I mean, whatever. But I will say this: uh, I end up leaving after those two weeks. And I was like crying. I was crying in the production van. Like he was like out front, like out front of Disney. And he and I like I'm like looking at him, and he's like saying goodbye, and I'm saying goodbye because now I have to go home. I'm going to Atlanta for like three, four months. Like that was it. That was the oh, last that was episode. The, that was the last episode for the series or for the, season? No, for the season. So I don't. I mean, I didn't know if I was gonna like. Hopefully he'd come back the next season, but maybe not. And but where is he from? Four months felt like forever, of where course. Where is he from? He was from Ohio, but he's living in L.A. Oh, okay. So, like, I've had the time of my life is, like, playing on the radio. I'm, like, crying. 
Shut up. I, no, seriously. And then he said after the dirty van drove dancing, off, I had the time about that like, stuck, came on the radio. I remember it. And then he like turned to like whoever I think Kenny. We all had hosts while we were there, and he like turned to Kenny, and he just like collapsed in Kenny's arms. And Kenny was like, "I don't know what to do with this." <laughs> he collapsed. He was also very upset. This we were like lovesick for each other. Yeah, but we dated for four years. You lived together. Yeah. Well. Not really. Yeah, you did. I don't think your parents knew about it. Well, he lived at my place, but he right. had technically a lease with right. another other, friend. Yeah. His but, friend Frank. Right. But right. he was living in your condo. Pretty much. Yeah. and yeah. You, I, I, Four years. Your I parents mean, didn't know about it. I mean, I think they assumed. Well, they didn't know. At one point, my mother made some kind of like comment about like huh, Jeff this... eating all my food. Oh, really? <laughs> I remember yeah. that condo. That condo was great. I loved that condo. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This was Worst Ever Podcast. As always, you can find me, Christine Lakin, on all social media at Yo Lakin and my co-host, Alec Led at Alec Led. He's really got to change his name. We really have to talk to him about that. And our amazing producer and engineer, Stephen Ray Morris. You can find him at Stephen Ray Morris. If you guys have any questions, you want to comment, you want to love us, you want to hate us, it's all good. We can take it. Email us at worsteverpodcast at gmail.com. And I hope you have a worst week. Bye. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hi, my name is Dr. Chatterjee, host of the Feel Better, Live More podcast, which helps you to become the architects of your own health. Each week I cover topics like nutrition, sleep, mental health, purpose, movement, and last week I spoke to the inspirational Esther Perel about the problems with modern relationships and how we fix them. You can search for my Feel Better Live More podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.